Welcome to Illinois in Focus, I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review the week's top stories about the mounting crisis of non-citizen arrivals in Chicago and beyond and a shakeup at the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services. I'll then join the Center Square's Dan McCaleb to further discuss those stories and more. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, I'm Greg Bishop. Knowledge is power, and you deserve to know what happens in your state government. That's why the Center Square's reporting zeroes in on state authorities publishing stories that show where your money goes and who spends it. The Center Square gives power to the taxpayer by tracking politicians' use of the people's money and demanding transparency from state-run agencies. This is how the Center Square equips you, the American taxpayer, to hold your state government accountable. Sign up now for your state's Center Square newsletter at thecentersquare.com. Welcome back to Illinois in Focus, I'm Greg Bishop. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. While President Joe Biden says he tried to stop funding to build onto the southern U.S. border wall, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker said the message being sent to Republicans has come to the table. Republican State Representative Mike Coffey just visited the border and said it's more than just an immigration crisis, it's a drug, cartel, and human trafficking crisis. He said the border needs to be secured now. After you secure the border, then you can start to talk about the different avenues and things that you want to do. But nothing can be talked about until the border is secure. Thursday morning, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security announced it was funding the construction of some physical barriers. Pritzker said it's part of Biden's approach to border security and comprehensive immigration reform. Because he's not doing this in isolation. He's also telling Republicans that if you want to come to the table, now is the time. We're willing to do this if you're willing to do that. Separately, Biden was asked if he thinks the wall would work. He said no. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriate. I can't stop that. In the past fiscal year, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol reported more than 2.8 million encounters along the southwestern U.S. border. Illinois received more than 15,000 non-citizens. Coffee put things into perspective. The governor's complaining about the aid that they need. Well, you have to understand, down there at Eagle Pass, that is a town of 28,000 people and 50,000 illegals invaded in two days. They are a poor, they, these are poor counties that don't have the money, the resources. Meanwhile, Illinois Department of Children and Family Services Director Mark Smith is set to resign at the end of the year. Legislators say this is after years of mismanagement. Andrew Hensel has more. Smith has been in the position since 2019 and has been held in contempt of court several times for issues regarding the late placement of children. Smith announced his resignation Wednesday after a recent Auditor General report showed continued issues. State Rep Charlie Meyer says this should have been done sooner. This is long overdue. This administration repeatedly turns its back on fixing the problems tries to sugarcoat them. Look at how many times the Auditor General's come in stating reports against DCFS. In February, a report released by the Illinois Inspector General showed that in 2022, nearly 50 more children died while under supervision of DCFS than in 2021. Smith, in a statement, says he is incredibly proud of the profound progress DCFS has made under his leadership. I'm Andrew Hensel. Those are the top stories from the past week from Illinois. Find more online at thecentersquare.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, I'll join the Center Square's executive editor, Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop. 
Freedom and liberty are important to all of us in Illinois, from Rockford to Carbondale, from Quincy to Decatur. If you're looking for civil, intellectual conversations with those shaping the future of freedom, try the Future of Freedom podcast with me, Scott Bertram. We speak with leaders across the country in the greater conservative and libertarian movements. In-depth conversations about where the next intellectual battles will happen across the country. It's the Future of Freedom podcast. Find it at americastalking.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings and welcome to Illinois in Focus, powered by the Center Square. I am Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Joining me again today, as he does each and every week, is Greg Bishop, the Center Square's Illinois Capitol Bureau senior reporter and editor. Greg, that's a mouthful. How are you doing today? You know, it's been an absolutely uh, blockbuster week with just uh, major headlines. Uh, We've been tracking it all and uh, carrying us all throughout the week. I'll tell you what, Greg, I, I think I just told you in pre-production that uh, it, I had a hard time narrowing down what we're going to talk about in the limited time that we have. Why don't we start in Chicago, but it's not just a Chicago issue, it's a suburban issue. In fact, it's an issue for taxpayers across the state of Illinois, and that has to do with the migrant crisis with more than 10,000 migrants coming to Illinois, some of them bust from the southern border in Texas and Arizona and what it's in just the struggle that Chicago suburban and state government are, are dealing with um, uh, because of it as a matter of fact Governor JB Pritzker a Democrat of course sent a letter to the Biden administration essentially saying the federal government's not doing enough to help Illinois and other uh, states deal with this influx of migrants I want you to just tell us a little bit about that Yeah, so we started the week Monday with uh, that letter that uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker sent President Joe Biden calling the situation untenable, overwhelming and uncoordinated. And he laid out a whole host of different policy positions that he would like the president to implement while also sending the state money taxpayer money to offset what state taxpayer dollars have already been used for housing, education, food, and even health care, because the cost is costing taxpayers more than half a billion dollars in city and state taxpayer resources for the more than 15,000 migrants that have been transported to Chicago, a sanctuary city in a sanctuary state. And those are policies that Pritzker approved of to uh, have the state not enforce federal immigration laws. So um, while the city of Chicago has been dealing with this, we looked at some of the numbers, Dan, and the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol in one fiscal year, the most recent fiscal year, more than 2.8 million encounters coming across the southeast border or the southwest border. And uh, that's going into those border communities. Uh, so the governor, he's uh, getting 15,000 in the past year. Uh, you had uh, New York governor, Kathy Hochul, over the last weekend say that the border's too open. Uh, governor J.B. Pritzker uh, was asked, is the border too open? And he he didn't say the border needs to be closed. He said there needs to be comprehensive immigration reform. So that was Tuesday into Wednesday uh, when the governor was responding to those questions after his letter to the Biden administration. And then we wake up Thursday morning and find out that. That's the Biden administration's moving forward with building a wall 
which is, seems to be a complete reversal from the Biden administration's policies uh, with uh, what uh, the Democrats are calling comprehensive immigration reform while focusing on, quote, border security. Uh, so the governor was asked about that today, and he simply said that uh, this is an effort uh, to bring about what he called uh, border security and comprehensive immigration reform and said that it really should be uh, a message to Republicans that um, uh, it's time to come to the, the table for, quote, comprehensive immigration reform. What exactly that looks like? Not too clear. But you've got Republicans, even from central Illinois, State Representative Mike Coffey, who recently trans uh, traveled to the border uh, with a contingent of people. And he saw on the ground firsthand uh, the, the humanitarian crisis, uh, as he described it. Now, Coffey says, what what's the central Illinois lawmaker from state government going to the southern U.S. border. You know, Illinois is not a border state geographically, but he notes that Illinois, central Illinois taxpayers, taxpayers from all across the state and across the country, quite frankly, are paying for this uh, as these uh, migrants get transported to sanctuary states. He also said that the governor complaining about getting 15,000 migrants in the past year, uh, that that pales in comparison to what a city like uh, some of the Texas communities El that are Paso. only 20,000 people. Right. El Paso, Texas. They're getting just inundated with uh, with new arrivals. Uh, one uh, example he gave was a, a small community of 20,000 that received 50,000 or so uh, just in a handful of days. So uh, there's definitely a stark picture on the southern border as it has been all year. And it seems that the levy is breaking with not just Pritzker, not just Hochul, but even uh, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson now announcing that he's going to be heading to the southern U.S. border. This as the costs continue to mount again, half a billion dollars, if not more in state taxpayer dollars and city taxpayer dollars combined going to pay for this. Uh, so how this uh, ends up, uh, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, but uh, clearly what's also fascinating is Thursday we get the notes that the uh, southern border wall in a certain port, uh, portion is going to be built by the Biden administration. And while Pritzker said, hey, this is, you know, telling Republicans uh, this is what we're willing to do. Now, what are you willing to do? Uh, Biden was asked after Pritzker made his comments Thursday uh, if he thinks that the border wall will work, and Biden straight up said no. And he said the only reason this is happening, he tried to get those dollars reappropriated but couldn't. So since it's in the budget to spend on a border wall, the president uh, defaulted and said – they have to spend that money. Uh, so the president didn't really indicate what Pritzker indicated, uh, that uh, building the border walls, a message to Republicans to come to the table for, quote, comprehensive immigration reform and border security conversations. So yeah. this is a, a an evolving dynamic, as uh, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson likes to call it, uh, and uh, obviously something that's going to evolve even more uh, in the next week. So I imagine we'll be talking about this again. No doubt. Let me and let me touch on the border wall situation, Greg, just briefly. You know, I woke up this morning. You and I both get up pretty pretty early to the news that the Biden administration was reversing course. If our listeners would remember former President Donald Trump when he was campaigning for office back in 2016, before he was elected president, made border security one of his top campaign issues, promised to build a wall, got into office, started to, to build a wall under his uh, his first term or his uh, under his administration. President Biden then, when they were campaigning for the 2020 uh, election, 
said the border border wall is a waste of money, not going to work. And he would immediately put a stop to it. He was, of course, elected. He immediately put a stop to it, has been saying since he's been in office uh, since early 2021, that he is not going to build a border wall. And then I woke up to news this morning that they they completely did an about face and they're going to build 20 miles of wall in Eagle Pass, in the Eagle Pass uh, border section in Texas. And, you know, there's plenty of thought that it's the the pressure that Democrats have been putting on President Biden, including the letter we referenced from uh, Governor Pritzker on Monday of this week. In, in addition, New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, has put some uh, pressure on the Biden administration. Of course, uh, Democratic New York City Mayor Eric Adams has done the same thing. Even Arizona, somewhat newly elected governor, she took uh, office in January. Um, Kate Hobbs has uh, put pressure on the Biden administration. So how much pressure that of that pressure from uh, elected officials of his own party had to do with that reversal, of course, you have to think it at least had some impact on it because this was a complete re- re- policy reversal by the uh, Biden administration. But as you've mentioned, taxpayers in Illinois, across the state of Illinois, but also taxpayers across the country are paying for the rat- ramifications of the uh, uh, essentially the policies that President Biden put into, uh, into effect when he took first took office. Any closing comments before we move on? Yeah, and, and interesting, uh, also last week, late Friday, uh, you had the governor's administration announce $41.5 million going to six Chicago area communities. Chicago's getting $30 million, which really just lays on top of the $30 million contract they got for military-grade based camps that are going to be set up for non-citizen migrants uh, with a contract with Garter World. Um, but uh, five other communities in line to get those grant dollars. Uh, for one of them, Joliet, set to get $8.6 million. That came to as a surprise for Joliet City officials. It turns out it was the Joliet Township that had requested that grant and received that grant, again, of $8.6 million of state taxpayer money to help deal with migrants in Joliet. Well, this week, Tuesday, Joliet officials said that they were uh, caught off guard. Uh, the mayor's office and the fire department had not signed off on such a grant, and they actually had asked the Joliet Township supervisor to withdraw that grant request, uh, to which the, uh, the, the township supervisor is standing by that grant request, saying that uh, there are already uh, non-citizens arriving in Joliet. But you've got citizens and city council members in Joliet saying that they do not want the influx of non-citizens in Joliet because they have limited resources for education and health care. Plus, you've got citizens in the United States, they say, uh, and they heard from residents in Joliet uh, saying that it's unfair uh, to have their tax dollars go to non-citizens when they're dealing with high taxes and continued debt issues. They're looking for relief. Uh, so there's, uh, again, another interesting wrinkle in this story when it comes to other municipalities outside of Chicago and how they're going to deal with this and at what cost to the Illinois taxpayers. Another big story this week. For years, the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services have been under fire for its care or, as many would say, lack of care for the, the, the youth and its under its uh, guidance. Many children have died under the department's care. The director of the agency has been uh, held in contempt of court several times for not more timely moving children into mo- uh, more uh, permanent locations. Republicans have been calling for the director, Mark Smith, to resign 
resign or be replaced by Governor Pritzker's administration for a, a few years now. This week, we learned uh, through the, uh, the, the governor's office that uh, Mark Smith is, in fact, resigning. Tell us more. Yeah, so the word came out uh, with uh, people inside a Illinois Department of Children and Family Services town hall meeting that Smith had announced that he was going to resign. And that was on Wednesday midday. And uh, after putting in uh, messages to get uh, confirmation from the governor's office, the governor's office ended up sending out a large message about several shakeups within administrative state agencies. So it wasn't just DCFS that seemed to be buried in the governor's announcement uh, about uh, you know changes at the Department of Aging, changes at the Department of Professional and Financial Regulation, and so on. Uh, but uh, Mark Smith, in that statement uh, that the governor put out about him set to resign by the end of the year, uh, said that he is proud of the work that he's done, saying that uh, uh, he, he's proud of the profound progress at the agency. But as you note, uh, as recent as last week, a compliance audit showed that the agency failed to notify proper authorities about sexual abuse cases. Uh, earlier this year, a 248-page report released by an Illinois inspector general showed in 2022 nearly 50 more children died while under supervision of DCFS than in 2021. So obviously the problems were not being made better. Uh, the problems seem to have gotten even worse. And Republicans saying that it's time for this change. State Representative Charlie Meyer saying that it's a little too late. This should have happened a lot sooner. Uh, meanwhile, I got a statement from uh, the uh, Senate President Don Harmon's office that simply just said uh, that they uh, wish Smith the best and uh, wish him well. Uh, but uh, a different message from Republicans saying this should be the start of severe changes at the Child Welfare Agency to address a whole host of concerns from how children are handled to how investigations are handled uh, to even how safety of DCFS staff is handled because we've had several instances uh, of fatal encounters that DCFS investigators have had on going to respond to uh, calls on the ground of alleged child abuse. Uh, so a whole host of issues. And uh, obviously, with uh, this now in the spotlight and Mark Smith on his way out by the end of the year, uh, this is going to be clearly a major issue moving forward for legislators as they uh, try to work on uh, addressing all of these issues and how they could possibly address these issues uh, through any kind of legislation. So one last question on this topic before we, we move on. It was announced as a, as a retire or a resignation. He's resigning. You used the word shake up early in this segment. You think he was forced out? Did the Pritzker administration finally say enough is enough? They're not saying that publicly. Uh, the, yeah. the messages that went out from the governor's office uh, were really kind of just matter of fact. You know, the one director's moving out, another director's moving out, another director's moving to a different spot. And that was really it. Um, other than saying that, uh, you know, they worked together to build a stronger child welfare system. Uh, there really wasn't any indication that uh, Smith was being pushed out or that uh, uh, he was being reprimanded for how he uh, handled the agency. And keep in mind, I mean, Smith has all of these problems and he's also been found in contempt, uh, as you mentioned earlier, for the improper placement of children. Uh, so, I mean, that comes with the taxpayer costs to have to deal with the court issues, let alone the humanitarian issue of children. Uh, not being uh, you know treated properly under the 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 stead of the, the Illinois taxpayer, 
so, you know, this obviously at the end of the year, Smith's tenure is going to be up as he retires uh, and resigns. And then uh, you're going to have to have a new name. Uh, the governor says they're putting out a national search for a DCFS director. Uh, and uh, we'll see what kind of name comes out of that and uh, whether the Illinois Senate will really uh, delve into that uh, that confirmation hearing and uh, get to the crux of the major flaws within the child welfare agency. There's growing opposition against a, a proposed EV battery plant uh, that's connected to uh, the Chinese foreign government uh, in Mantino in, in Kankakee County. There was a news conference held there this week where a number of residents and uh, elected Republican officials criticized the tax incentives, billions of dollars in tax incentives that are going to go to this Chinese company to build the plant there. Tell us about that. So last month, the governor uh, joined with Kankakee County and Mantino officials, also with officials from a Chinese electric vehicle battery company, Goshen, to announce a $2 billion investment from Goshen to build a new EV battery plant in Mantino. But it would come with more than half a billion dollars in Illinois tax credits as part of the Reimagining Electric Vehicles Act. It's a tax credit act that's meant to try to attract battery manufacturers. Now, Illinois lost out on several major EV battery manufacturers setting up in Illinois. Uh, For months, there were stories of uh, manufacturers going to other states, seeming to fly over Illinois. Uh, Some uh, argue that's because of Illinois' business climate. Uh, Others say maybe the other states had better incentives. Either way, Illinois, uh, while getting some new EV battery business, uh, did not uh, necessarily snag as many as maybe the state had wanted. But this was a big one. $2 billion investments for this. 2,600 jobs expected but at a cost of more than half a billion dollars in tax credits just from the state of Illinois. The way it's been calculated by some non-government groups is as part of federal legislation to give uh, incentives for EV uh, manufacturers. Uh, this this company, this Chinese company, could get uh, upwards to six plus billion dollars, if not more, over the span of several years uh, for, again, a plant that's supposed to cost two billion dollars to build. Uh, but that's not the only issue that's that's raising alarm. Of course, the the high taxpayer cost of this being the half a billion dollars in state tax credits and the billions of uh, federal tax subsidies. Uh, you've got people concerned that this company and its bylaws uh, has an allegiance to China. And that means the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, so you had the Illinois Freedom Caucus, who's been raising issue about this for weeks now, uh, having a news event in Mantino earlier this week uh, with several speakers, including former Trump administration officials, to uh, talk about the importance of putting this on people's radar so they know what's happening and to push back against it. So the Freedom Caucus got their message out, and they had uh, a lot of supporters there as well before a town hall meeting in Mantino where more concerns were raised. Uh, but uh, clearly, uh, the governor has responded to some of this, uh, saying that uh, there's xenophobia amidst the critics and uh, the critics pushing back, saying it's not xenophobia. It's concern of giving tax credits to America's adversaries as they see it. And Dan, this isn't just a concern raised by state house actors. You've got members of Congress who have sent letters to the U.S. Treasury with significant concerns of using 
U.S. dollars to give to a adversary through uh, Goshen and uh, what happens there. Similar situation happening up in Michigan with Goshen as well as the center square out of Michigan has been on top of from day one. So I don't think this story is going away any anytime soon either. So we'll be covering this ongoing story at the Center Square, Illinois, and the Center Square, Michigan, until there's some sort of a resolution. But listen, Greg, I appreciate all of your insight, but we're out of time. For Greg Bishop, I'm Dan McCaleb. Please subscribe, and thank you for listening. 